Welcome to BizBytes, brought to you by Com Together, helping businesses like yours build their brand through telling amazing stories to engage and grow audiences on multiple platforms. Well, hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of BizBytes. And uh, as usual with my guests, I like them to get them to introduce themselves. And I have someone that I've got to know a little bit in recent times, and he's definitely got some interesting things to talk about. So, uh, Roy, without further ado, I'd love you to introduce yourself to our audience. Anthony, first of all, thank you very much for this opportunity. Looking forward to spending some time with you and your and uh, the people listening to the podcast. My name's Roy West. I have been in business now, run my own businesses and been in business for over 40 years. Um, looking forward to the other end very soon, maybe in the next five or so years. Uh, and uh, look, I've had an interesting and varied background. I was, you know, did a, a marketing degree back before they were very popular and uh, went on and worked in the wine industry for about 10 years, which was the wine industry in the mid-80s, early 90s was a wonderful place to be. Uh, not great for your health, but it was fantastic lifestyle. Um, a lot of, you know, it was just good times. And uh, and then I moved on and did some other things, worked for some corporates and realised fairly soon that that wasn't going to be me. Um, couldn't really handle the whole political uh, agendas that most people took to work. So... Went out in in the mid nineties, nineteen ninety four. I bought a business for sale book because that was the only way you could do it back then. There was no internet, so you had to look at you had to look at these. They were big and thick business for sales books, and they were full of dreams. And mm. we, uh, you know, we I searched that for a number of times. Almost bought a sports store in Rockhampton. Glad I didn't. <laughs> and uh, and then. I came across a travel business in the Whitsundays. And uh, two days later, I was in the travel business in the Whitsundays. And a day later, I owned the business. And then uh, I had to go home and tell all my friends that I was moving from Sydney, where I grew up, up to Ellie Beach. And Ellie Beach, that was the Wild West back then. That was 1994, as I said. And it was, it was very much the Wild West. Things were a lot different than they are now. There wasn't a lot of regulation and paperwork. And we just got on with it. We, uh, we cut a long story short, we ran a sailing business. We took people out for trips through the Whitsunday Islands. We started with one boat and a crew of three and me in the office. Today we have eight boats, 40 people on the water, 10 people in the office. It's been a ride. Um, it's about to come to an end. My partner in that business uh, is well into his 70s now. I'm about to turn 60 and we've decided that that's enough. I look, I came and went through that business over a number of years and in the early 20th in the early 2000s, 2004, um, I met a bloke who was a business coach. And in 2004 I'd never met a business coach. I didn't quite understand what that was or why you would have one. And uh, anyway, he was buying a boat from me at the time and we became pretty good friends and a year later he taught me into becoming a business coach. So I did that, and I did that for – I joined the Action franchise, which was the really only way you could do business coaching back then. And I think at the time they had a 1,000 coaches in, in the program. And uh, we grew a business in Sydney to 
to a point where we had 19 coaches in the team and I general managed that for a couple of years. Um, and that was very interesting times. You know, it was interesting from the point of view that there was a lot of people getting involved in coaching. And for the first time, you could see businesses really growing under some good coaching programs. And you saw a lot of people coming to coaching who had no idea, you know, just because they'd been an accountant meant that they could coach a business. Didn't really work that way. You know, I did that for a long time, specialised in working with lawyers for about the last 12 years and then came back to the sailing business five years ago when we had to uh, not so nicely dump our managing director and, uh, you know, it was really Roy to the rescue and I had to come in and, and solve a problem. We had some significant cash flow problems and other issues in the business and then COVID hit and we all know what that was like but tourism was very much the pointy end of that sword and uh, we took the full brunt of, you know, we took the full brunt of running a, you know, a very successful business and two weeks later it was shut. So that caused some absolute dilemma in my life. I won't lie. I end up in hospital um, with blood pressure around the 212 mark. If you know anything about blood pressure, that's not mm. good. No. Um, and I thought my whole world was crumbling and I thought it, in my late 50s I'd end up, you know, having to sell my house because it was tied to the loans in the business and we'd end up with nothing. So that was pretty horrendous. And I sat there five days in a ward for people who'd had strokes and heart attacks and things like that. It was not a very nice place. And for five days I sat there and I went, there's got to be a better way to this. So I actually am now in the next two months launching a business called Rethink Your Business. And Rethink, I hope, will show people that there is a much easier and better way to run their business than they do today. So that's me in a nutshell. It's, a, it's been a career. It's been uh, interesting, but that's where we're up to now. Why a journey and so much to to pick up on there um, uh, from doing that. And I love the fact that you've gone from, from wine to boats to business coaching, but there's been uh, a lot happen in between. And and I guess I want to take back to the to the beginning because uh, obviously if you studied marketing and things you had a particular direction. But was there a, was there an idea early on in the piece and where you wanted to go and what you wanted to do? My grandfather was a very successful business owner, and from a very early age, when I was eight years of age, he owned a department store in the country. I lived in the city. We went out to that department store and, I mean, you imagine walking in and your grandfather owns all of this. Mm. And I sat there at eight years of age looking at the toy, the toy department and he came up, tapped me on the shoulder and he said, you look for a week and you can pick something out at the end. And it was really exciting for me. I was I was quite chuffed by that. I've never forgotten it. Um, I think I broke the toy within about two weeks, but it's still it, it meant a lot to me at the time. So I always knew probably from a very early age that I wanted to work for myself. That was never really in doubt. Um, but I think the coaching thing came more as a was a more natural fit for me long term, yep. even though I've come back to run this business for five years. But it's much more, I'd much rather do that. But yeah, I knew early on I wanted to work for myself. By the time I was 14, 15, I knew I was going to work for myself. It's amazing how how that is uh, inbred in us. Um, you know, I've, I've shared before, but my um, both my grandparents and my um, my father were particular influences in that because my father ran his own business as a pharmacist. But my grandparents, um, who uh, came to Australia with nothing, uh, ended up opening a clothing uh, factory 
and uh, which was very successful until they retired. And, uh, you know, I had similar experiences where I'd walk into a factory and think, wow, they own all of yes. this, lots of people being employed to, to make clothes. Um, probably probably a little bit different. And then I didn't have to worry about the toys off the shelf. They were, <laughs> they were shoving clothes on, on myself and my sister, more my sister than, than, than me. I think they were more, most of their clothes were more for, for girls. They did do a few boys things. And, um, you know, so we benefited from that, but it was quite amazing to, to have that. And I guess that entrepreneurial spirit is very hard to get out of the system when that's what you grow up seeing all the oh, time. Yeah, exactly. And having spent a little bit of time, I mean, I worked for a year for Telstra. There were 82, 83,000 people worked there at the time. And my job, oh, sorry, my job was to disseminate information to other parts of Telstra. And I remember ringing up and saying, we, we launched the 13 number range that's still popular today. Mm. We launched that. And, uh, and to ring other, like the engineering department, and just be told, no, that's not going to happen. I just couldn't understand how a business could work that way. So yeah. Yeah, it just drove me nuts. It is very hard, isn't it, when you're when you're uh, got that mindset of wanting to be in charge and not understanding when you get a no, and rather looking for solutions. But when you're caught in the bureaucracy, for want of a better term, uh, of of management, it's it can be really difficult process. I think it was even worse than I think it was just, and you see it very much in in even small businesses today, just people unwilling to change. Mm-hmm. And that's what drives me nuts. I mean, we turned this business upside down, our sailing business upside down, in order to put it back together to work. And some people left, and that was perfectly okay. But the ones that have stayed have had, you know, they thank me now for what they've actually learned in the last five years mm. that they had before, before that. So, yeah, it's in the blood, and when it's in the blood, it's in the blood. Yeah, so so um so when you were so when you went to university and you're studying marketing, mm-hmm. what 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 was the what was the plan after that? Because it, particularly in those days, and I remember I was you know I'm I'm not that I'm a little bit further behind uh, you, but not too many years, and I know that marketing was not um certainly was not a course to going out in a business on your own in those days. Yeah, well, I was lucky. Well. You remember the Sliding Doors movie of the early 1990s? I do, very I well. I had one of those moments when I was 16. Uh, family moved in next door to us and the bloke owned a wine business. His name was Peter Bourne. They call him the wine man. You can look him up. He writes for Gourmet Traveller and all these things still now. Does a lot of courses and corporate sort of gigs. Peter Bourne had a bottle shop in Surrey Hills, not far from your world, and I was from Roseville up on the North Shore and, and so I got a job working for Peter when I was 18 driving, you know, uh, deliveries around town and so I fell into the wine industry that way and he used to have this massive room, a tasting room where we'd have 20 people for lunch on a Saturday and I'd be working on Saturdays and we had the, you know, the most influential people in the wine industry come for lunch and as a young 18-year-old I would just sit there and listen to them and osmosis took over and I mm-hmm. learned a little bit. And uh, so by the time I graduated uh, university, the next week I looked in the in the newspaper because that, again, was the option in those days. Yep. And there was an ad for, you know, a marketing graduate in a wine business. 
I walked in and 15 minutes later, the guy knew I knew more than I knew more about the industry than he did. And mm. I knew more people in the industry than he did. He gave me the job. So Fantastic. I fell into it, I would say. Mm. But I've loved, I've been in, in and around the wine industry a lot over the years. And it's a great, it's a great industry. Yeah, it is, isn't it? And there's a lot of um, there's a real variation, isn't there, in that industry? Because there's there, yes, there are the big brand names that we that we all know, yes. but there's a lot of really small businesses out there that are um, you know that that work pretty damn hard to uh, to get out there and and I, I guess they're not necessarily looking to compete always with the big brands, but they're certainly having to do a lot of the hard work. Yeah, well, they definitely are. And look, I've I've been fortunate to meet a lot of very, very good winemakers over the years. And the very good ones, they just look you in the eye and say, mate, I'm a farmer. I just happen to grow grapes instead of cotton or cattle or whatever else. And uh, I was I was fortunate to get involved with a, with a brand called Curly Flat many years ago. And if you don't know Curly Flat, it's just north of Melbourne and um, make brilliant wine. And just to, the, I, I got to become their New South Wales representative for a while, and they were a fledgling little business. They had a little bit of money behind them, but the quality of their product was sensational, and it was just wonderful to work with somebody who was so meticulous about what they did, and that really resonated with me. And and I, yeah, they're quite a well-known, established brand today. But yeah, I was lucky enough to see that from the beginning, so it was good fun. Yeah, it was always good fun. There was plenty of lessons to be learned, and it was always interesting. Yeah, I think it's one of those industries, isn't it, where the people that are running those industry, those and owning those businesses on a day to day basis, they're not doing it just because it's just another business. You've got to be passionate about something like that because yeah, it's well, really full on. Tourism's the same, you know. Obviously, I've spent a lot of time in that world as well. And people go, "Oh, that must be fun." Yeah, seven days a week. And I'm not joking, it is seven days a week. Um, and when people don't turn up, you get the phone calls at 6 or 6.30 in the morning on a Sunday. Sorry, I'm sick. Yeah. Or what time did you get out of the nightclub? No, I'm sick. Um, and so, look, all, all small businesses, I don't care what small business, what industry you're in, you're putting the hours in because you want to do it. Mm. And I think it shows up real quick if you don't want to do it. And then that's time not to do it. Yeah, so 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 talk to me because I, I, I want to get into into those things that you've changed that you're changing now. But um, talk to me about the jump from from wine into boats. Um, well, you know, it was it was kind of a it was kind of a weird thing when I when I was working in the wine industry. Uh, one of the family because most of the industry most of the in the nineteen eighties the wine industry were big families. Yep. I mean, the Oatleys, who obviously own Hamilton Island now, were just a family winemaker back then. You know, but I worked for a company called McWilliams, which was a, a family uh, Mount Pleasant in, in Hunter Valley and, and other brands that they own. And um, it was just a family business. And one of the one of the one of the kids in the family wanted to do a course. And because I was the recent graduate, I got lumped with the task of doing the homework for her. And one of the one of the courses was a travel and tourism course. And I read the read the um, what do you call it? Well, the, the the course, you the know, course, the notes about it. Yep. Yeah, and I went, "Oh, this is interesting." So I signed up myself, <laughs> just out of purely out of interest. I always loved traveling. My father was a sea captain, and I always loved traveling. So, um, uh, we, you know, I did the course, 
without any real commitment to actually wanting to get involved, I just enjoyed the course. And then about a year later when I did decide to leave and and, and look for my first real opportunity, then uh, again, it just, it just fell in my lap. I literally opened this business for sales book magazine at the page, read the ad and went, I'm going to buy that. It's amazing. Someone wrote a good ad. Do you still have it? No, I don't still have it. <laughs> Someone wrote a good ad. Um, so there you go. And it got you in. Look, and that's really interesting, isn't it? Because um, you've obviously moved around a little bit in over a period of time. You've yeah. and I, I find it fascinating because you've had your influence of your grand of your grandfather, but you've had your influence obviously of your dad being a sea captain as well. You've gone and found this, but that's a it's it's one thing to to open another business or to, to buy a business and to do that, but to do it where you're making such a significant move because you've gone from, um, you know, Metro Sydney area, obviously you're in the Hunter Valley and those kinds of areas as well, which is, which is, you know, it's still, it's not completely remote. It's, it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's easy driving distance to city areas sure. to finding yourself on the, on the Whit Sundays. That is a big move. Well, it was a big move in the mid-90s because, like I said, it was the Wild West. We didn't have traffic lights. There was only a few thousand people here. And you went to Coles, which were the only grocery here, and, and you went committed to a res- a restra- uh, to a recipe that you'd um, decided on that afternoon only to find half the things weren't there. It's um, So, yeah, it was very remote, but, I mean, it's a stunningly beautiful place. And you get out on the islands and it's just one of the great places of the world. And so it was never boring to be here. I mean, I started three businesses the first time I was here. I was importing yachts from America and started a a bear boat business where people hire their own boat. We did lots of fun and adventures. I started a movie theatre which crashed badly. And, uh, yeah, we we had some wonderful times. But the remoteness never really hit me. It was never really a factor. People wanted to come and visit me, which was good. Well, that novelty lasted about a year or so, but it was good the first time. Um, But it's more now I notice it. You know, we're an hour and a half to the nearest hospital. We're an hour and a half, you know, from any form of civilization, and that's in Mackay. And, uh, you know, really, you have to get on a plane to do anything. And COVID really shut us in and, uh, you know, I know everyone was isolated during COVID, but we felt very isolated during COVID. I was going to say you would do because how did that, how did, without dwelling on it too long, but how did that work for you in terms of, um, you know, the basics of, of groceries and all of that sort of thing, which, you know, was e- it's easy when you're in the city because, you know, you can yeah. get you can get anyone to deliver to you within reason. Yeah, it didn't seem to be that big an issue. People are still delivering to us out of Queensland. We have um, Bowen just north of us, which has... Yeah, which is basically the fruit capital of Queensland. We had access to plenty of fruit and there's plenty of fish in the ocean. Uh, yes, yes. Well, I suppose that's the flip side, isn't it? There's a lot of people and and um, I, I know a lot of people, particularly in, in Melbourne, who um, really struggled with the, with, uh, the lockdowns. And uh, th- that was quite limiting because a lot of people live in relatively small accommodation. And yeah. you weren't allowed to go particularly far at all. Whereas at least I suppose you've got the, uh, I, don't, I don't know, were you allowed to get on the ocean? And, and Oh, uh, yeah, you're allowed to do it. I mean, 
we weren't monitored like that. There was no, you must be 200 metres from your house at all times mm-hmm. with only two people. As far as the actual virus was concerned, it didn't impact us at all. Yep. It was just that they took away 99.9% of our client base. That was a factor. Yeah. But the actual virus wasn't a factor. We, we didn't even have it here until they opened the borders way later in the in the time. Yeah. It's, uh, well, I, I so... Uh, Talk to me then about going from you. You you came had to come back into the business as you said earlier on. But yeah. did you ever leave the Whit Sundays or did you? Oh yeah, yeah. Them? I moved back to Sydney to coach. I moved back to Sydney in two thousand. So five years after I came up, I moved back. And uh, there's a long story there. I met a girl, went to London, didn't work out, came back. That's a long story, quickly done. <laughs> um, and uh, and so I moved back home to where I was comfortable, what I knew, and. Um, and was coaching there until 2018 when I came back up here. And is the plan now to move back or are you staying there? Oh, I wouldn't move back to Sydney, and I'm sorry about that, but I wouldn't move back to no. Sydney. I will move yeah. to somewhere southeast Queensland, somewhere we're looking around at the moment. You're talking to someone who's spending half their time, and, in fact, as I'm talking to you now, I'm actually on the central coast of right. outside of Sydney, so I, I totally understand the need to get out of Yeah, it really? makes a huge difference. Yes. The summer, not so much, but the winter, glorious. So hard to miss it. Talk to me about the um, coaching business. Yeah. Um, and and I love the concept of the rethinking, which is obviously something that's what you've had to do. But I, I guess both initially in the business when you when you took it over, and then yeah. again, obviously a few years ago when you had to come and rescue it. Yes. When I came when I when I came back 2018, we were in a hole deeper than I even had been. You know, I'd sat in board meetings for 15 years and been told basically lies, which I'm sure happens in other businesses as well. And the story I was told is that you know we'd lost a certain amount of money. The fact is we actually owed that amount of money at the time when I walked back in, and uh, we were nowhere near meeting those obligations. But we worked our way around it. We struggled hard. We changed the marketing considerably. Yep. But really the whole concept of Rethink came out of this five-day stay in the hospital. And what I realised was I'd made some very poor decisions. So during COVID, especially during that initial lockdown period, I spent every day studying the whole decision-making process and how and why people make decisions. Because I'd realised I'd made some horrible ones. And I'm sure any business owner who's been around doing it for a while is now sitting there going, yep, done that. You, know? you bet. So I've actually, I actually sat down and wrote 50,000 words around decision-making, which I have now put into a book. It's been edited quite hard since then, so it's down about 30,000 words. But it's called Don't Do Nothing, the book, and it, it'll be out soon and I will send you a copy. Um, do but Don't Do Nothing is, is meant to be a practical guide for business owners in terms of them thinking about why they make decisions, how they make decisions, who influences the decisions they make, and then how they can make hopefully better decisions by working through a process that they may not have thought about in the past. 
we've all gone gut feel in the past. I mean, you've heard my stories. I've gone gut feel in the past, and that doesn't always work. No. Nope. So, yeah, I, I think the basis of my whole rethink, well, I know the basis of my whole rethink program starts with decision-making. And you know what? I've been around coaching an awful long time, and I've never asked the question to all. I mean, I might have in a very superficial way, but no one's ever really challenged me about the decisions I've made. And as much as we like to influence business owners in the decisions they make, sometimes that comes from not always the best place as well. So we try to build a process. It's quite involved. I won't get into it now, but I think it's easy to understand, but sometimes it's hard for people to put that into play. And if you're not making good decisions, the rest of it's not going to work that well. Yep, you're absolutely spot on. And I, I guess um, I wanted to, I know we've got to wrap things up in a moment, but I just wanted to ask you a question as well regarding all of that. How do, is there a realisation that people need to have to come and work with you? Because I guess there are many business owners uh, would be reasonably stubborn in not thinking, well, it's not really me. I don't really, uh, yeah, yeah, I've made one or two bad decisions, but I don't really need someone to rethink my decisions. Mm-hmm. Um is there a you know is there a, a point where you want people to go mm, actually you know it's it's this is relevant to most business owners or is there a kind of a niche or a ha- what's that is there an aha moment that people need to have look i think there is an i think the people that have already had the aha moment know it yep. you know it didn't take me long into those five days in the hospital bed to realize that you know what you, you, you've flown by the seat of your pants here, you really need to sit down and restructure the way you think about it, yeah? I mean, process is obviously done in many different aspects of business. You might say, oh, my accounting process is brilliant. I get all my invoices paid. That's wonderful. But, you know, have you made all the other decisions to that point that makes that work? Well, I'm not, look, I think there's a, a lesson in this for everybody, but obviously I can't talk to everybody. Well, there are ways you can, but, yeah, we're really looking for business owners. When we start up in in around August this year, we're going to look for business owners who've had some experience. I don't want the bloke that I was 30 years ago who's just starting, who's never really had much experience. I want people that have been in the trenches for five or ten years, who've seen some of the up and downs of business, who've grown to a team of maybe 10 or 15 people, and, you know, really want to go to that next level. But some of the decisions they're making are stopping them getting there. Mm. That's the people I'm looking for. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a fascinating area and we could talk for many hours about it. I, you know, I, I guess I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit there are times when I think even as a business owner, I think I'm getting in my own way um, with the decisions that you that you make. Yeah. Or, um, we just and- don't look at them too much. You know, we worry too much, you know, and sometimes, you know, you just have to step back a bit and say, what was it I was trying to achieve? And will this decision help me get there? Mm. And, and I think also what comes into it as well is is sometimes you put trust in things, whether it's people or processes, and um, you haven't made the right decisions to put the, to to justify the trust in the first place. Yeah, uh, exactly. And and in this day and age, there's there's plenty of that uh, going on out there as well. So, so yeah, um, look, we're really looking forward to just getting out and having the conversations with people, seeing where it leads. But we're very, that's the starting point, and then we're working very hard on putting together what we call the better tomorrow plan, 
and we'll tell you more about that in another time. Absolutely. Roy, thank you so much for being a great guest on on BizBytes. And uh, we're going to, as we always do, include in the show notes lots of uh, uh, links and things and information on how to get in contact with you. And I certainly hope that people do that. Uh, you know, the the business, I'm sure, is going to wind down nicely and fairly quickly for you in, on the Wit Sundays and looking forward to this new phase in your career as you start that up. And I'm sure there are people out there listening and going, I need to speak to this guy because um, <laughs> this is, uh, if nothing else, it's a fascinating journey that you've had. And uh, I'm sure you've got a lot of wisdom to impart along the way. Thank you, Anthony, for your time. And we we'll look forward to talking to anybody who's listened to this. Thank you again. Thanks, everyone. And we look forward to having your company again on another edition of Biz Bites. BizBytes is brought to you by ComTogether for all your marketing needs so you can build your brand, engage audiences on multiple platforms. Go to comtogether.com.au, follow the links to book an appointment for a free consultation.